Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, September 22nd, 2023. And I want to talk about the federal budget right now. And I want to talk about what these courageous conservative Republicans are doing to help save this country's economy, to help save this country's finances. Now, for years and years, Congress should have been following the following protocol. There's about 12 separate bills that comprise the federal budget each year. And each bill has to be passed under normal circumstances. They have to be debated. But that has not been the case. Oh, and before I forget, the federal budget runs from October 1st to September 30th. So our current fiscal year budget is going to end on September 30th. So under normal circumstances, there would be hearings on, uh, on these 12 bills that comprise the federal budget. For example, one is defense, and there's a number of other ones. But that has not been the case for a number of years. What the game that Congress has been playing for a number of years, which has resulted in us uh, uh, accumulating these $2 trillion debt every year, you understand we're on the pace of accumulating $2 trillion every year in debt. And it's because of the haphazard way and the political, politically insider way that Congress has been introducing their budgets. And I want to focus on these continuing resolutions. So what these uh, continuing resolutions are, just temporary budgets. You can say, look, we haven't struck a budget yet. And we're just going to throw out these spending plans that cover a month or two months. But the problem with these continuing resolutions, they really don't reflect proper negotiations, proper hearings. They're just numbers that they throw out there, just uh, that the insiders use to get through the next month while Congress is supposedly conducting hearings on the 12 different bills that comprise the federal budget every year. And that hasn't been the case for years and years and years, we've had Congress not having legitimate hearings on the federal budget. And all they've done is just continue to throw out these temporary budget during the year, which really do not reflect good, sound budgeting. They're just negotiated uh, dollar figures behind the scenes. Let's go th- get through the me- uh, next month. Let's negotiate this amount, and we'll spend this amount in this month. And then if we can't come to terms, we'll have another continuing resolution. And then we'll budget for this amount. And in some cases, these continuing resolutions, these temporary budgets that do not reflect sound budget policy, have taken us through the in, uh, nearly almost the entire budget year. And because these do- continuing resolutions do not reflect sound fiscal policy, We've got these bloated budgets because there's no legitimate hearings on these, this spending plan of these temporary budgets. And then at the end of the day, you're in the six, seven month of the uh, budget year and you turn around and say, oh my God, what the heck have we spent so far? And this is what these conservative Republicans are trying to avoid. They want to stop this. They want to have budget hearings. They want it debated on the House floor and then vote on each of the separate resolutions that comprise the federal budget every year. Not these continuing resolutions, these amorphous resolutions that just have a tendency just to bloat the budget. 
And that's what these conservative Republicans want. And that's why they're holding up this continuing resolution. Because Kevin McCarthy promised that they would go back to sound fiscal policy, which means budget hearings, not wait to the last moment to pass these temporary bills, and this non-sound procedure that that Congress has been following over the past number of years, like I said, has resulted in this bloated budget. Two trillion dollars a year, we are on pace now with the spending plans. And unless that is stopped, this country is headed for a disaster. And that's what these conservative Republicans are trying to do. They just say, wait, you're not following what we wanted. And Kevin McCarthy, as a condition of his speakership, he said we're going to go back to the old way of presenting budgets. We're going to have hearings. We're going to have votes on each of the 12 bills that comprise the federal budget every year. And he knew that the budget was ending on September 30th. And he did nothing prior to September 30th to have any hearings, to present any bills, to have any negotiations for this new fiscal year budget. He just wanted to go back the way they used to do it, or go back to the way they've always do it, or what he's used to. And he's used to just waiting to the last moment. Oh, no, we we, got to pass this uh, temporary budget. Because we'll have a government shutdown. Oh, let me tell you about these government shutdowns that you hear about on CNN and the world's going to end. Government's not shutting down. Now, they're going to shut down certain elements or certain uh, divisions of the federal government, like the park system. Maybe they'll, they'll shut down the park system until the go- government opens up back uh, again. The Uniparty wants people on Social Security think that, oh, you're not going to get your Social Security check if the government shuts down. That's not true. It's all scare tactics because they, they just want to create chaos so that they can get their agendas through. And you know what their agenda is? $2 trillion a year deficits that we're adding on to our federal debt every year. And that's got to stop. And these conservative Republicans realize that. And it's an irresponsible way that Congress has been addressing the budget over the past number of years. Oh, let's just great emergency, rush this spending plan through without any debate, without any hearings, and we'll get what we want. We'll just scare the American people and just rush through these spending plans. And you shouldn't be surprised where we have a bloated budget right now. We were driving the United States government off the road into a ravine because of this. Now, the federal budget every year is about $7 trillion. That's including discretionary and non-discretionary spending. And you would think that with that kind of money, that Congress would want to pay a little more attention to detail and have a little more respect for the dollar than just trying to rush these last-minute temporary budgets through at the last moment because they can't get their act together. They can't make decisions. Now, a budget is the most political document of any government because that's where you spend your programs. That's where you meet your agendas through the spending process. So this uniparty, these Democrats, they just want to create chaos in order to push their own agenda through. Oh, people won't notice that we're spending so much money. People won't notice the debt we're accumulating. 
we'll just create an emergency. Tell everybody that the government's going to shut down if we don't get our bloated spending bills. And did I say that's got to stop? And I think Kevin McCarthy ticked off a lot of these conservative Republicans when he promised that he would have hearings. And he didn't do it. Clock was ticking. He knew that the budget was going to end on September 30th. He did nothing. And then he just sprung on Congress. Oh, yeah, we're going to do a continuing resolution. And the Democrats are out there saying that, well, the continuing resolution has an 8% cut. Yeah, based on what? And what's the next continuing resolution going to have? A 16% increase? And then the next continuing resolution is going to be, what, a 20% increase? And like I said, at the end of the day, you have this bloated budget. Because these continuing resolutions are not scrutinized by Congress to date. And that's what really gets me. Everybody's talking about responsibility. But Congress over the years has dropped the ball on putting together bona fide budgets that reflect the scrutiny of the members of Congress. So again, if you hear on the CNNs, on Fox, that, oh, the government's going to shut down, it's going to be a disaster. I don't believe it. And the one thing that really ticked me off is that Kevin McCarthy called these conservative Republicans nihilists because they don't want the temporary budget. And what's so ironic is that he's the nihilist. These people that have been spending this kind of money are the nihilists because they're the ones that are spending this country into a disaster. And these conservative Republicans want to stop that because they know the disaster that's down the road if we fund our federal government with these continuing resolutions. And let me give you an example of the game that they were trying to play. And it has to do with aid for Ukraine. Now, the Biden administration wants to add another $24 billion in aid to Ukraine. And he wanted to put it into the temporary budget, the continuing resolution. So he wanted to tuck in $24 billion in aid to Ukraine in a resolution that was just going to last for a month. And the conservative Republicans came back and said, wait, hold on here, guy. We want to have an accounting of the money that we've already sent to Ukraine. We've already sent them over $100 billion in aid. And Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And we already know, it's already been reported that members of the Ukrainian military were fired for stealing some of that money. And the Biden administration and Congress, they don't care about any accounting on it. They don't care where the money went, who, where it winds up. But the conservative Republicans do. So what happened is they, they pulled out the Ukraine aid from this temporary budget. And you know where they tucked it in? They tucked it in the, the, the defense bill that they tried to push through also. And the Republicans balked on that too. Wait a second. What you did was take it from the temporary budget and put it into the defense budget that you also wanted us to pass this month. And the defense bill is one of those separate bills that I was talking about before. So they tried to ram that through also. And this is the game that they play. And it's just unacceptable. And these conservative Republicans are doing the right thing. We have to bring sanity back to the budgeting process. Because this country's doomed if we don't. So we shall see.
So speaking of Ukraine, it wasn't a good week for Zelensky. And I'll tell you why it wasn't a good week. Um, Poland announced that it was stopping military aid to Ukraine. And I think a lot of it has to do with Ukraine suing Poland at the World Trade Organization for not accepting cheap Ukrainian wheat. So what happened is that Ukraine wanted to sell cheap Ukrainian wheat in Poland. And Poland said, no, you know, we'd, we'd like to protect our own farmers. And cheap Ukrainian wheat will just undermine our farmers here in Poland. And what does the ungrateful Zelensky do? They turn around and sue Poland at the World Trade Organization. And this is after Poland has done so much for Ukraine. Not only with military aid, but Poland has taken in the highest amount of Ukrainian refugees from the war. And this is what they get. And not only that, Polish President Duda had likened Ukraine to a drowning man who's likely to drag you down under if you try to help him. Now, also, Zelensky had addressed the U.N., and he wasn't met with the large support that he had in the past. And it got to the point where Ukrainian media doctored the video of the audience at the United Nations to make it appear that he had a larger crowd when he didn't. Now, the third thing I just want to talk about, and this is absolutely bizarre. So apparently there's an American transvestite man or woman, a man that now dresses up like a woman, that is a spokesperson for the Ukrainian military. And he came out with a bizarre statement this week, just threatening opponents of Ukraine. So let me just go to this clip. It's just quite bizarre. And you have to put this into context. Ukraine recently arrested an American journalist because he was pro-Russian, or they think he's pro-Russian. And you notice we haven't heard a peep from the White House about this. But let's go back to this uh, transvestite spokesperson for the Ukrainian military, and then we'll come back and discuss. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder, and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down, and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission. Now, we already know that Ukraine has assassinated a Russian journalist slash podcaster who's a big supporter of Russia. But are Americans that are against the war to take this as a threat? And I have mixed feelings about this because when you look at this spokesperson and her name or his name is Sarah Ashton Cirillo, who according to the Ukrainian military has been suspended are we to take her seriously or him seriously? Who knows? But Ukraine is getting more and more desperate. This so-called counteroffensive hasn't worked. There's reports that upward to 400,000 Ukrainian troops have been killed, as well as civilians. We've got Russia ramping up their artillery production 
and the West can't keep up with that kind of production. And it just doesn't seem like Ukraine has a serious endgame on this unless they negotiate. So we shall see. So Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey has been indicted for a second time on corruption charges. And and what are we to make of this? Now, I'm in the camp right now that they're just going after Menendez to show people that, oh, we can still go after our own in trying to legitimize the persecution of Donald Trump. Now, there's also another camp right now, and this thing can all flesh out. You know, it's, the news is just still too early. Um, there's another camp right now that says that, well, isn't it ironic that Menendez has been a critic of the Biden administration's handling of Iran, particularly to swap $6 billion for hostages. So did they go after him for that? And this will flesh out. And again, this is the second time that Menendez has been indicted. And he went went to trial and he was acquitted last time. And quite frankly, I think he's going to be acquitted again. It will be very hard to convict Bob Menendez with a jury pull in Newark, which is very hard. Now, the governor of New Jersey, Phil, above my pay grade Murphy, has called for Menendez to step down. And believe you me, Menendez is not stepping down. He's a tough Hudson County politician, and they'll fight to the end. And with Murphy, there could be some inside politics going on. There's been rumors that he was considering or is considering running for Senate, and maybe he wants that spot. He wants Menendez to step down so he can take that spot because he can't run again. So maybe that's why he's saying that. And I think it was Jack Smith, the special prosecutor going after Donald Trump, either was the lead prosecutor or worked on the first Menendez trial where Menendez was acquitted. But we'll see on this. You know, we've got to take everything with a grain of salt coming out of the Department of Justice right now because it's so corrupt. And they're all too capable of sacrificing one of their own in order to go after Trump or to make their persecution of Trump legitimate. So time will tell. So we shall see. And don't get me wrong about Menendez. He's a corrupt Hudson County politician. And just because I think he's going to get off, or it will be very hard to convict him in New Jersey. Doesn't mean I don't think he's corrupt. So while we're talking about corruption, let's go to Merrick Garland, the evil, bitter attorney general that faced the House this week. And all he did was just obfuscate, mislead, I know nothing. This was all his response. But you have to understand is that not only is Garland corrupt, he's bitter. He's bitter against the Republicans, the party that kept him from sitting on the Supreme Court. Now, you remember he was nominated for the Supreme Court and the Republicans, actually Mitch McConnell, the only good thing he ever did was set aside the nominations. Hey, no, it's the wrong time. We're going to have a new president in a few months. Let's set this aside and let the new president decide. And Donald Trump became president. And Merrick Garland is very bitter. And he wants to lash out against the party and the voters that support this party that kept them from the Supreme Court. And he wasn't frank. He didn't tell the truth and just didn't give the American people any confidence that we have a justice system that is not corrupt, that has not been politicized. 
So with that said, I want to go to a clip, a couple of clips. First one is with Jeff Van Drew, New Jersey congressman. He flipped from being a Democrat to a Republican a couple of years ago. A lot of New Jersey politicians in this podcast today. So let's go to this clip. Drew really sums up the evil intent of Merrick Garland and his Department of Justice. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. For the labeling of parents as domestic terrorists standing up for their proper education of their own children. I hold you accountable for the anti-Catholic memo. Imagine sending agents undercover into Roman Catholic churches because they were supposedly domestic terrorists. And I hold you accountable for unleashing a special counsel with a history of botched investigations on our current president's political rival. The department of under your leadership, I am sorry to say, and I am sorry to say, has become an enforcement arm of the Democratic National Committee. Protesters outside, violent protesters outside the Supreme Court justices' home, unpunished. Attacks on pro-life centers, unpunished. The two-tiered system of justice is clear, and it's clear to the American public. And the buck stops with the man in charge. That man is you. The actions of the DOJ are on you. The decline of Americans' trust in our federal law enforcement is on you. The political weaponization of the DOJ is on you. Attorney General, I need a simple yes or no to the following. Just yes or no, because we don't have much time. Do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Yes or no? Let me answer what you've said in that long list of... of, of I'll be happy to answer all of those. Attorney General, I control the time. I'm going to ask you to answer the questions I ask. You controlled time by asking me a substantial number of things. I I didn't ask you those things. I I made a statement. Attorney General, through the chair, I ask you, do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Answer I have no question. idea what your what the traditional uh, means here. The idea, let Catholics me just that go I to church. Your, may I answer your question? Yes, the idea no. that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. Attorney General, it was your FBI your that did this. It was your FBI that was sending, and we have the memos, we have the emails, we're sending undercover agents into Catholic churches. Both I and the director this of the FBI the, have said the director that we were of the appalled. FBI have said that we were appalled by that memo. So then you agree that they're not extremists? We were appalled by that memo. Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? I think that... Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? Everything in that memo is Are they extremists or not? I'm asking a simple question. Say no if you think that was wrong. Catholics are not extremists. No. Was anyone fired for drafting and circulating the anti-Catholic memo? I don't know. We have no time. I don't know the answer to that. Now... In his opening statement, he had mentioned, and he probably saw this question coming, but in his opening statement, he had mentioned that his family came to the United States, they were Jewish, to get away from religious persecution. Now, here's the twist on this thing. If he was so sensitive about religious persecution, why didn't he fire that person that made that memo? Why didn't he fire those people that were suggesting going into Catholic churches? But that was just, he was just fake. Is an old saying that attorneys use, and it's something along the lines that if you're in court, if you have the facts, pound them with the facts. 
If you have the truth, pound them with the truth. If you have neither, pound the table. And Garland's being indignant on this. He's just pounding the table. He's got nothing to defend himself on this. And it's not just not Catholics. This administration, this deep state hates all Christians because they're a threat. But this is what he's all about. This is what the Biden administration is all about. This is what the deep state is all about. And with that said, I want to go to another clip. It's with Harriet Hegman. And it's the first time I ever heard an elected official talk about this. And it has to do with special counsel Weiss that's investigating Hunter Biden. And the mainstream media, the politicians, they love to say that, hey, Weiss was appointed by Donald Trump to Democratic senators in this case, recommended Weiss to Trump, and Trump approved him. And you heard a lot about this when Hunter Biden was getting this sweetheart plea deal that fell apart. Let's go to Harriet Hegman on this, and then we'll come back and discuss. One of the things you have done over and repeated over and over and over again is that to point out that Mr. Weiss was appointed as U.S. Attorney by President Trump yes. as though that somehow inoculates him from criticism by us. Is that really how this game is played? That if someone is appointed by a Republican, then they're supposed to be on the Republican team? Or the, if they're appointed by a Democrat, they're on the Democrat team? You were appointed by Mr. Biden, weren't you? Are you on the Democrat Let team? Let me just be clear. The, the point of, that, he's a, that he was appointed by a Republican counteracts the claim that he, this was a partisan decision to benefit Democrats. He, he remained as a, as, as a member of the Department of Justice. Mr. Chairman. And Garland's logic is kind of convoluted because he actually implies that, yeah, politics does play a part here. And it's terrible when you have a Democrat attorney general that is going after the political opponent of his boss. But that's how Democrats think. Oh, It only works one way. It only goes one way. Don't apply it to me. The rules don't apply to me. It only applies when I'm trying to make a point against you. And that's what Garland is doing here. But Garland is just a miserable evil, shrill human being. So I just want to finish up with this F-35 that crashed in South Carolina. So apparently this F-35 was flying in South Carolina and the pilot ejected for some reason that we don't know of right now. And then the uh, jet continued to fly for another 60 miles and then crashed. And I have a lot of questions about what went on. Why did it eject? What were the circumstances surrounding his ejection? How did the Air Force not know where the jet was? And this is an embarrassment. Our enemies are looking at us right now and saying, what the heck's going on? Is the U.S. Air Force that weak? They've got pilots ejected in the middle of flights. Now, when I see pilots eject, I think about these air shows where these pilots eject right before the plane crashes. They don't eject and then have the jet fly around for another hour or so. And then the Air Force not knowing where the jet is. Our enemies are looking at this and it's a sign of weakness. So we need some answers from the Air Force on this. Now, I'm hearing rumors that the jet was hacked. And if that's the case, our jets are very vulnerable. So we need more answers on this. 
And we should demand answers on this because things just aren't adding up. And I'm not too sure that the Biden administration is going to come clean on this, but we have to continue pushing for answers on this thing. And with that said, thank you so much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.